94.6. This is Ross FM. Just 10 minutes after 4 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Hi, hello there. Good afternoon. You're welcome to another version of the summertime mix. 083 I'd love to hear from you on this Tuesday afternoon. It's just gone 12 and a half minutes after 4 o'clock on the summertime mix on 94.6 across Ross Common Town and live to the world on www.rossfm.ie We're also available on the Radio Garden app and you can catch us on the TuneIn app as well Download it to your smartphone Search for Ross Common or Ross FM and press play and hey presto, you're away Ross FM, many platforms 94.6 Radio Garden and of course on our very own website www rossfm.ie the summertime mix on this Tuesday afternoon focuses on the life and works of author John McGahern we'll have some people in the studio very very shortly who are to talk about John McGahern and also some information about the brand new McGahern Barracks in Foot Hall in North Roscommon that's all to come plus a look at Mayo's quest for the All-Ireland glory yet again this very special time for them that's all outside this from Yaz and the Plastic Population at 13 minutes after 4 o'clock. The only way is a museum and a place of interest for people who are interested in the writings of John McGahern. Earlier on today, I popped along to find out a little bit more about that museum. And I'll bring you that right outside this commercial break. Ross FM, 18 minutes after 4 o'clock. 94.6. This is Ross FM. Ross FM on a Tuesday afternoon. It's the summertime mix. I'm currently at the barracks in Coot Hall. This former Garda station was closed down in 2012 and it was handed over to the Coot Hall Community Development Association. I'm joined now by a member of the Coot Hall Community Development Association, Mr. Tony Bambrick. Tony, thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. First of all, Tony, tell me why this building is so important. It was one of the most written about areas and most written about buildings. Can you tell me who wrote about it and why it is so important? Well, the late John McGarhan wrote wrote about it and John is one of Ireland's most revered writers. And the barracks is well known in some of his books. He has mentioned it on more than one occasion. And this is why we wanted to ensure that this building was retained and restored uh, for the community and also as a living memory to the renowned author. So obviously retaining it and restoring it cost quite a bit of money. Can you tell me how the Coot Hall Development Association funded that and uh, how they go about running the barracks? Well, we funded it basically on a continuous fundraising basis since 2013. That involved selling of tickets. It also involved race nights, duck races, uh, sales of work, uh, also going to Virginia, car boot sale. Two of our very active committee members went there. This cost 212000 to bring it to the state that it's in today from when we acquired the building in 2013. And did you receive any help with the funding from government or from any organisations? We certainly did. We received great financial support from Creative Ireland, Roscommon County Council Arts Office, Galway 2020, 
Roscommon Leader Partnership and the uh, Office of Pub- Public Works. They were the primary uh, agencies that uh, helped fund this very expensive uh, work. And as you can see today, it's it's a testament to that. Uh, the building is now restored. And it contains uh, some memorabilia about John McGarhan and memorabilia about policing in that era. Is it open to the public? It is. It's open to the public by appointment only. And it's open from 11am Monday to Friday, Saturday and 1pm on Sunday in groups of no more than six at a time. But it's very important to know that you must book on the website uh, www.mcgarhanbarracks.ie and it's €5 per adult and two fifty for children aged 11 to 17. Now we're currently working on a voluntary basis uh, at the moment and we have volunteer tour guides who take the groups as as they are uh, uh, come along so ho- we are hoping that we may be able to change that into the future and have somebody here on a more fixed term basis thank you very much tony i'm also joined in the mcgarhan barracks in coot hall by professor tom inglis professor emeritas from ucd tom you're very welcome to the program thank you very much indeed uh, it's a pleasure to be here um I suppose I might begin by saying you know, why it was uh, that I got interested in uh, the barracks. Um, I retired from UCD about uh, five, six years ago, and I came to live here. And I had read McGarren, uh, you know, while I, I was a, um, a, a youth in, in, in the 60s. <clears throat> and um, uh, and I, I thought to myself, this is a, a type of Ireland that I don't, want to uh, know about. It was literally very dark and very gloomy and about a kind of quite repressed uh, uh, family, community and society life. Uh, And then when I came to live here, I realised that this was not only a a beautiful part of the country, but also that I I had misunderstood McGarren uh, and by living here, I come to know and appreciate him and his writings. I never met uh, him myself, but I have certainly got to a feeling of knowing him intimately by having uh, lived here. And that's that's excellent. And uh, you've uh, written a little book about uh, the barracks, so you've obviously got to know him intimately. Do you think that this building where we are right now had a huge influence on his writings? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that to understand uh, McGarren uh, and, and his writings, uh, it's necessary to think of, of uh, a nine-year-old boy losing the love of his life, which was, was his mother, um, and then uh, having to come here to live with a, a mercurial, a malevolent and sometimes violent uh, father who was the local sergeant uh, and who lived in the barracks. And I think that as a way of uh, uh, dealing with the loss of his mother and dealing with um, his violent father, that he, uh, he, he, he lost himself in, in, in books and it was shortly after he arrived that he he was given access to the a, a very large private library 
Elba the Maroonies um, up uh, near Ard Carn. And he went up there and he took uh, five or six books, which he read each week. And as he said himself, uh, he immersed himself in those books in the same way as that, you know, children today might immerse themselves in, in television or in social media or in, in video games. Um, and it was another world for him. And uh, he developed a love of, uh, of reading. And uh, then he went on and, and became a really uh, good scholar and developed a love of learning. And, you know, particularly when he went into uh, uh, the Presentation College in, in, in Carrick, um, and it was around the time that he, he, as he says himself, it was around the time that he, 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 he uh, was finishing his, his, his schooling um, that he began to write the reports that the guards had to write each day when they had finished a patrol. But a lot of the times they hadn't gone out and patrol. They had gone and worked in their gardens or worked in, out in the bog or, or doing repairs. And they uh, they made up their reports, and they were uh, became known as patrols of the imagination. Uh, and McGarren admits that he began to write these. So his 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 love of reading developed into a love of learning, developed into a a, a, a love of writing. And um, his mother had wanted and, and wished uh, that dearly that he would become a priest. And he, he, he thought about this very carefully. And then he, he decided to become a, a national school teacher. But then, as he said, he had an epiphany one day. He said, why um, become anything? Why become a priest, a school teacher? Why become a, a politician, an airman? When you can imagine these people and you can write about these people uh, as if they existed. Um, and I think that that's where he began to have his his love uh, of writing and it's so it, it's it's in this building that uh, this imagination uh, was developed it was developed through reading and of course as he says you can't write without reading and he read voraciously so it was in that in that um peculiar mix of being in this building without his mother in the presence of his father, that he, he immersed himself in his imagination and he became one of Ireland's greatest um, uh, writers uh, because he reimagined his life. He reimagined his life in the barracks in his first book called The Barracks. He imagined himself as a young boy growing up with a, a, a violent mercurial father in the dark, his second book. In the leave taking, his third book, he goes back and revisits the uh, the death of his mother, um, uh, and and of him becoming a school teacher, and then in 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 amongst women, which is set up in Grevis, where his father went to live after he retired here, uh, he 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 imagines his father in the character of Moran, uh, of being uh, somebody who is who has become disenchanted, if not dismayed, if not disgusted, by the way uh, uh, Irish society has become and that he had given up his, his, uh, uh, so, so much of, of his youth in fighting the War of Independence. And, and, and so we realise then in the memoir that so many of his writings were 
uh, in fact, uh, fictional uh, representations of his own life. Uh, memoir, you know, uh, reminds us of, of in, 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 in graphic detail about his life here, about his life in the village, about uh, the characters uh, which became live in his short stories as well as in his novels. And you said there that the work of McGahern was fiction and we all accept that what he wrote was fiction. But do you think that his work was a social commentary on Ireland at that time? Very much so. I'm a sociologist and one of the things I realised in reading McGarren is there are some things that sociology can't get at and they can't get at the emotional life, the everyday upheavals, uh, the characters that that make uh, family and community life so rich. And that is what he mostly wrote about. He wrote about the people and and the places in which they lived and he called it in, in, in his essay, the, a love of the world. He deeply loved the people in, uh, in, among whom he lived. But that's not to say that he was very critical and very insightful and sometimes you know, quite, if you like, um, acerbic in the way uh, he described those people. But we all have our flaws. And if he is going to write about the, the truth of what family and community life is in rural Ireland at that time, uh, then he had to uh, describe uh, characters that were flawed, like his father, um, um, and, 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 if you like, capture uh, their, the, the nuances and, and the flawedness uh, of their lives. And you obviously have a wonderful insight into the life of McGahern. And as I say, you've put some of that in writing in a book called The John McGahern Barracks. Where is that book available if someone wants to get a copy of it? Uh, the book is available in Carrick and Shannon in Mulvey's and in the Reading Room, the two bookshops. And of course, it's it's available uh, online. Uh, you can order it online at the the John McGarren Barracks um, uh, .ie. Uh, but also, it's available in the barracks, which is well worth visiting. It's a really wonderful exhibition that has been created here. And uh, so, if you came to look at the barracks, you could pick up a copy of the booklet. And finally, Professor Tom, do you have one favourite story from McGahern's writings that you want to tell us on Ross FM today? Um, I, I, I suppose there there are many, and 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 for me, the 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 one that people leave out is called the Pornographer, and it, it was written in 1979. It's not seen as regarded as one of his major books. I mean, most people go for They May Face the Rising Sun. But the pornographer, for me, it was, was published in 1979 when the Pope came to Ireland. And it captures the, the Ireland becoming, if you like, an unrepressed, sexually alive society. Uh, and it, it marries that with a commitment to family and community, uh, as was as happening in, in the rural Ireland, uh, uh, which he loves so much. Thank you very much indeed, Professor Tom Ingalls, for your insight into the life of McGarren and this place where he got his inspiration, the barracks in Coothall. I'm joined now by Liam Cunningham, who's a tour guide in the barracks, and he's going to tell me a little bit about what's to see in this museum. Good afternoon, Liam. Hello. Thank you. There are three themes to the exhibition. The first one is rural policing in the 40s and 50s. 
There has been a, a Garda barracks or a police station here since 1840. The original building was burnt down at an unknown time. The normal complement in McGarren's day would have been one sergeant and three guards. The entrance into the Garda room was from the back door and people coming in uh, on their business uh, to see guards would have had to pass the cell on the way in. We've got a kind of lot of artefacts from that period, from the 40s. So uh, there's uh, police memorabilia like handcuffs and batons. Also, there's uh, valve radios, old analogue telephones and some records of local businesses. Most people at the time would have lived on credit and the books would have saved what they owed. And the second part of the exhibition is the John McGarren Reading Room. Can you tell me a little bit about that? We've uh, a library of John McGarren's books uh, in a lot of different languages, like French, German. Uh, we also have a, a video of uh, John McGarren narrating his experiences here in Leitrim Coot Hall and here in the barracks. We have pictures of John McGarren, his mum and dad, uh, and his brothers and sisters on the walls. And there's a timeline of all uh, John McGarren writings. And the third part, Liam, of the experience is the Coot Hall Heritage Experience. Can you tell me a little bit about that now? Yeah, we have photographs and some stories on the wall. Uh, one in particular from Lord Coot, who is known as the Hanging Lord of Coot Hall. This is a work in progress, and so people are donating artefacts to this section of the experience. We also have some old photographs of the St. Michael's uh, Fife Band and some six-a-side or nine-a-side football teams. There's photographs from the, the Mayflower in from Shambo of the dance hall there. And finally, Liam, apart from the McGahern Barracks, if people come on a visit to Coot Hall, are there some other activities they can get involved in? Yes, uh, most definitely are. Uh, myself and my wife run a, an activity centre, Northwest Adventure, and we provide mountaineering, uh, guided mountain treks to Slevenirn, Ben Croy, Ben Brack, Ben Bulbin, Quilke. We're approved mountaineer in Ireland, uh, providers for mountain skills one and two so we train people to look after themselves in the mountains we also have a water sports element where we use the lake here oakport lake andrum harlow lake and a river boil that runs in between the two so lots to do in coot hall you definitely recommend a visit most definitely Thank you very much indeed, Liam. That's Liam Cunningham, one of the tour guides in the barracks in Coot Hall. And also a special thanks to Professor Tom Ingalls for his time in uh, dealing with in great detail the work of John McGarren and how his life in the barracks in Coot Hall influenced his writings. And I was very interested there in his take on uh, the way that the... Uh, patrols of imagination led him to a love of learning and a love of reading and ultimately a love of writing. Thank you very much indeed Professor Ingalls, Professor Emeritus from UCD and also to Tony Bamrick from uh, the Coot Hall Development Association. That uh, website again if you want to book a place at the McGahern Barracks is www.mcgahernbarracks.ie A great place to visit, the home of John McGahern, one of the most written about buildings in the world the barracks in Coot Hall. And where to follow up that piece on the McGahern Barracks?
What a song. Absolutely love it. Every breath you take. You're in tune with Ross FM. It's 20 minutes away from 5 o'clock. It's the summertime mix on a Tuesday afternoon. We hope you're enjoying what we're doing for you. It's 083-8599-748. If uh, you'd like to send a request, I'd love to hear from you. Or Martina's taking your calls on 090-6628-161. A special hello to Sinead. David and Catherine Waters and they're visiting in County Mayo for uh, the weekend. Welcome to County Mayo and speaking of Mayo, we'll have a feature on Mayo's quest for All-Ireland glory in just a little while on Ross FM but in the meantime if you want to have uh, get in contact with us it's 083-8599-748 Once again that website for the barracks is mcgarhernbarracks.com if you want to book a place at that place the home of John McGarren in Coot Hall. A quick commercial break and we're back with Mayo and their quest for Sam right outside these. Stay with me. 94.6. This is Ross FM. 083-8599-748 or you can call the studio on 090-6628-161. I'd love to hear from you on the summertime mix on Tuesday afternoon live till 5 o'clock. It's headed on a quarter to 5 on this Tuesday afternoon. Don't forget that the Irish show from New York City is on the way between 5 and 7 with the very best of Irish music. It was recorded last Sunday night in America and it's going out right outside this show, 5 o'clock Irish time right here on your station Ross FM 94.6 and broadcasting to the world on www.rossfm.ie Right now we're going to turn our attention to the All-Ireland Series and uh, the finals or the semi-finals in fact are taking place uh, this weekend and now next weekend because of some unfortunate events up north and in uh, one of those finals Mayo take on Dublin and Kerry of course take on Tyrone. To discuss this and all other events uh, around Mayo football and the Dublin game I'm joined by Mayo pundit Peter Nyland. Peter, good afternoon. Welcome to the Summertime Mix on this Tuesday afternoon. Good evening. Good evening, Peter. You can hear me there yeah. okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you, yes, Joe. Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the Summertime Mix. Great to have you on the air. And uh, your thoughts on uh, Mayo playing Dublin in Crow Park. Do you think this will be an advantage to Mayo or an advantage to Dublin? Or do you think that because Mayo have played there so often at this stage that it won't matter much to either team? Oh, I think... Um playing in Crow Park is second nature now to Mayo and to all these players um, we play there so often it's a home away from home and we play our best football in Crow Park um, it'll suit us and the game that we had against Galway will definitely um, have brought on a lot of the younger fellas um, and you have to remember it's not that long ago since some of them debuted there um, back in November and December and they had some people like Tommy Conroy, Ryan O'Donoghue um, Oshin Mullen all of these have been exposed to high profile games last year against Tipperary in the semi-final against Dublin in the All-Ireland and again then against um, Galway a few weeks ago so it's it's not going to um, it's not going to phase these fellas at all so definitely definitely think it's it's an advantage to Mayo um, going up there um, and you mentioned there about uh, playing uh, in December and being back so quickly in Crow Park playing Dublin in an All-Ireland semi-final is this a surprise to Mayo people or was it expected? Um, I suppose it's, it was. This was where we'd hoped we would be. 
um, back in a semi-final to, to test ourselves again against Dublin. Um, I suppose when Killian O'Connor limped off against Clare uh, in that uh, league uh, game back in, I think it was May, uh, it didn't look um, so good then. Um, I think a lot of people were thinking that Galway or even Roscommon might have might have um, won a Connacht Championship, but definitely I think we're in bonus territory here. Um, you know, getting promotion and getting back to Crow Park, our tenth semi-final in eleven years. I think it's 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 a mayor in a good place at the moment. Um, and you mentioned there definitely. that um, the finding of Oshin Mullen, the young player of the year last year, is a big positive for Mayo, and it definitely is. What else do you see are Mayo's strengths at this stage? Well, yeah, Oshin has been a revelation really um, last year, and has continued that great playing of form uh, against Galway. He was outstanding. I suppose um, just today, uh, Matthew Ryan was announced as, as player for player of the month for July, um, and he's he's really coming of age this year and it'll be a great tussle between himself and Brian Fenton who I suppose um, a lot of people are saying that Brian Fenton isn't the force he was um, it's, you know Brian Fenton has never lost a championship game having made his debut in 2015 and uh, so could could Sunday or could Saturday evening be the, be the day um, so I'm really looking forward to that tussle and again Ryan O'Donoghue who has um, really stepped up in Camille O'Connor's absence Um you know, very, very unlucky to be his goal ruled out. And you know, he scored from the penalty spot. He had a, an, an excellent game the last day as well. Uh, so those three players in particular, and Tommy Conroy as well, had a very, very good second half. And I suppose very encouraging as well that Tommy hadn't uh, a good first half against Galway, but he stuck with it. And I think that's, you know, the head didn't seem to drop. So I, I, I'm not, um, you know, I, I'd be very, very confident of those four players. I think if they can start well on, on, on Saturday evening, I think we're going to be in for a, a really, really good contest. And Mayo, uh, you mentioned there their strengths. Dublin obviously have strengths because they've won so many All-Irelands in the last while. But obviously from a Mayo perspective, do you think Dublin have weaknesses that can be exploited by Mayo on Saturday evening? Well, they, the weaknesses aren't very apparent to me. I think a lot of people are saying that they, they aren't putting away teams uh, with the ruthlessness that they have been. Um, you know, last year they beat Mead by, I don't know, 19 or 20 points in a, in a Leinster final. They they won uh, the Leinster final against Kildare this year at a canter. And, you know, um, a lot of people are saying, you know, are, are they getting bored with success? Is the hunger there? Well, certainly no one's at it even if the, if the hunger is there. But you look through their, their, their team and, you know, Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny, Con O'Callaghan, James McCarthy, I mean, they're four of the best footballers in the country. And, you know, really, everything has to go right for Mayo, and Mayo would have to win those individual tussles to have any chance. And I mean, if if Mayo ship two goals like they did last year in the All Ireland, or ship two goals like they did against Galway in the first half, it's you know, it's it's game over. I mean, Mayo will just have too much to do. What really needs to happen is that in the third quarter, or going in after after the second water break, that Mayo need to be in touch, hopefully ahead by two or three points, and I think then you'll have a a grandstand finish. But you know. From where I'm standing, you know, yes, Dublin haven't shot the lights out or anything like that, but, you know, they're really looking towards, they were always going to win the Leinster Championship, they were always going to be in an All-Ireland semi-final. So I think, you know, saying that they're, they're a spent force or something like that is, is premature. And it's it's been a great weekend for sport with Kelly Halling, Harrington's victory and she's uh, just about to parade through the streets of Dublin there I see online now. And of course Roscommon uh, getting through to the Under-20 Championship final. 
And uh, as you said there, Mayo have been there or thereabouts over the last while. They have been dominant in Connacht over the last while. Do you think that Roscommon's emergence in the Under-20 Championship is a threat to Mayo's dominance in Connacht in the coming years? Oh, well, it most certainly should be. I mean, last year, uh, Roscommon Under-17 did very well. They, they, they won a Connacht Championship. This year, they were back in the final. Sligo beat them. Uh, beat a very good uh, Roscommon team. Um, this year, um, Roscommon under twenties were very, very impressive against Mayo. Um, uh, you know, I was we, Mayo people were very, very disappointed after our win against Galway that that we that we lost. But you know, fair play to Roscommon. Um, they were absolutely brilliant the last evening against Down, um, and I'm really looking forward to Sunday's game against Offaly. You know, two, I suppose you could say two sleeping giants. I mean, Roscommon and Offaly were were late seventies, early eighties. They were they were the form teams. And you know maybe maybe this is a uh, maybe it's a sign of things so to guess, come in the future. Uh, maybe per, perhaps a sign of things to come. Now one one underage team doesn't really uh, you know guarantee success, but I would definitely see that there are some of these players that um, that will probably make the step up and gel with with what's there already. Um, so definitely, I would see um, you know the the future looks very very good from a common point of view. But I think what would have to happen is that they would have to win maybe two or three other underage titles to, to and, and gel all those players together um, to maybe guarantee success. I mean, Galway have had a lot of underage success with minor and under-20 teams and still they haven't been able to sort of um, get back to the heights they, you know, of 20 years ago. They were in All-Ireland semi-final three years ago. Um, and very, very disappointed Galway people that they, were, they aren't back in the semi-final this year. Um and you know, with with Galway and Roscommon now playing Division Two football, there's there's a sort of a a rebuild on for both of those teams to maybe get back to where they want to be. And I know you want to wish uh, from a Mayo perspective, the Roscommon under twenties look in the final. Do you think they can do it against Offaly? Oh, I, 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 my, I Offaly team look very very uh, good as well. But um, what I like about this Roscommon team, they're very dogged. Um, I mean, things were going against them against Mayo in those the first fifty minutes of that kind of final. They didn't register a score. Um, they played themselves into the game, um, got some tremendous scores. They, they looked a great character about them, very good work rate, very well coached. I give them every chance on, on Sunday of, of bringing, um, bringing a cup across the Shannon. And as a diehard Mayo pundit, I'm going to ask you to put your neck on the line. It's Dublin versus Mayo and it's Kerry versus Tyrone. What two teams do you think in the first weekend in September will be playing in Crow Park? I honestly give Mayo a very very uh, decent shout I think I think they might just shade it on this occasion um, by a point or two on on Saturday evening as for the next game uh, which was it's scheduled for, for Saturday week uh, I would have said Kerry at the outset and I definitely say Kerry now so I, I think a Kerry Mayo final in the first Saturday in September well, definitely, definitely something to look forward to. Peter and Ireland, Mayo Pundit, thank you as always for your thoughts. If Mayo gets through, you may be back giving us your views on the All-Ireland final in a week or two's time. Thanks very much, Joe. And we look forward to that and thank you. So stay with us on 94.6 and around the world on www.rossfm.ie. I'll be back next Tuesday afternoon with more of the same. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of one another. And as always, if you see someone without a smile, do give them one of yours. The undertones and teenage kicks takes me out of here. Bye-bye.